Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 158. We're hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hello, guys. Welcome back. Yeah. Hello. Where were we? We <laughs> well, I was moving. That's what I was doing. And then I went down to LA for a bit. Yeah, we, we didn't record for I guess two weeks, right? Two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so forgive us, guys. And I was supposed to put something on social media and I just never got around to it. So I apologize. But we're back. We're still here. We're not going anywhere. Uh Jen um had a lot of stuff going on. Jen, tell the audience what has happened. Man, okay, so I had to move because my lease was up and it wasn't going to be renewed and there was like a whole that was a whole drama and a half in and of itself but um we hadn't found a place by the time we needed to move out so like the last two days before like we had to move out like it was just us shoving stuff into storage like getting it all in there and then I was like if I don't find anything by the 5th of July I'm going back home like until the next fall semester so stressful yeah it was so stressful but we ended up finding something uh but either way i had already bought my train ticket back to los angeles so i was just all like okay we found something we'll move some stuff in but you know what i need a break because of everything also my laptop is currently in repairs so oh no yeah that's a lot of fun i'm waiting for a ship uh, uh a piece a part or whatever to come in from france on the who knows when it's gonna fucking from yeah. France? Yeah, because that's where it's only available right now. Because oh my there's, wow. still, there's still like a shortage of like parts or like in like laptop or computer pieces and stuff like that. Like if you're not buying a whole new like setup, like you're gonna have a hard time finding some parts. And mine, wow. the part that I needed to replace was one of those. Mm-hmm. So I had to get it all the way from fucking France. That's crazy. Yeah. My laptop has been in the shop for almost a month now. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. So it it was just, it was a stressful time, but we, I mean, we found a place. Uh, I can't really, you guys can't see, but I can like, that's my college setup right there right now. (laughs) (laughs) Is that that your room or is that like the living room? This is my room. Okay. But yeah. That's big. It is big, which is what I like about it. Yeah. And here's my messy table. And then back to me. <laughs> well, that's really fortunate because I know you had already enrolled into the summer session yes. and you had done your applications for financial aid and everything. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there was so much going on in your life. And I was just like, you know what? This is no time to say, hey, have you read the book? Can we record on Saturday? <laughs> like that was just not going to happen at all. It's not, it's not happening. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that was uh, a weekend. And then I was in LA. Uh, so I didn't have any of the recording stuff. And uh, it was, uh, you guys were busy too. So that's what happened with the second week of recording. But now we're back. I'm, I've got internet set up. We've got like everything. So it's all good. It's all cool. Right on. Well, I'm so glad that we were able to take this time to tell the listeners what had been going on and basically just life life just happened so 
thank you so much for sharing with us and with the listeners in that way they know that you know we are just normal beings trying to make it make it into this really harsh and and weird and world out here first of all nothing normal about any of us (laughs) (laughs) but yes definitely life uh sometimes gets in the way so yeah, um, but I'm glad that everything worked out and uh I I've been in uh the exact situation of coming down to the wire and literally days before the uh lease is up finding something and then trying to scramble so I definitely had empathy for you and I'm just glad that everything worked out and just from you showing us right now really briefly it looks like it's a really uh nice place inside so that's cool mm-hmm. working hard to make it my new home. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. I love it. I love it. All right, guys, now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. Kristen, what do we have in the Chisme, oh. in, in the pipeline, as people say? <laughs> so this week was crazy with comic industry Chisme, mm-hmm. and uh, it just every day something new keeps popping up all regarding the fact that Oni has laid off a lot of people and not just like whatever people who clean the toilets or like mop the floors or whatever, but like people who actually were higher up in the, um, in the organization, in the company. So Oni is a smaller publishing company. Um, it's definitely, uh, I would say, I recognize titles from Oni, but I would definitely say it's considered way smaller than Image. So like Marvel, DC, Image are kind of kind of known as the big three, uh, like Image kind of wormed, it used to be big two, but Image kind of wormed its way in there where people sometimes say big three, but Oni is definitely way lower down on the list. And um, I don't know, what are some titles that we've read by Oni or just as that we've enjoyed. I don't know what we read, but I know I read at Invader Zim. That was a uh, Jonan Vasquez. I think he created that one um, that I've read before. They do Rick and Morty. What else? Uh, we've reviewed some stuff by them. It escapes me right now. Uh, yeah, I feel like we have. Like I know they had a lot of like licensed ones. Like like you said, like they had Invader yes. Zim, Rick and Morty, a couple of other That's cartoon right. ones. And I'm, I'm looking at one here that says a season of the Bruja, which now I want to read. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, that was, uh, I've been ordering that at the shop so that we could uh, read it at some point on the, <laughs> on the show. But um, so basically it came onto my uh, line of sight on Facebook when, uh, not even on Facebook, I think I was at work when Eddie uh Text, texted me a screenshot of a press release saying that uh, Henry Barajas, um, who is a friend of Comadasi Comics, who is the creator for uh, La Voz de Mayo, Tata Rambo, um, Helm Greycastle, and has taken on the new serialized, or not serialized, um, uh, what do you call it, the syndicated uh, cartoon um, on I can't remember what it's called, but um, sorry, Henry, <laughs> and has has also um, had success 
with writing a new upcoming uh, Batman Urban Legends story in the 18 uh, issue of that book. And so he seemed to have been riding high on a lot of successes. And then um, this happened. So um, not only was he let go, um, but a couple of other people were let go. And I'm trying to just find here. Um, they laid off Henry, who was the sales manager. They also laid off the vice president of sales and marketing, Alex Segura, and senior editor, Amanda Meadows. Um, and editor, Jasmine Amiri, was also laid off. So um, that's definitely a lot of people who um, kind of are a lot higher up and and this is pure speculation, pure cheesement. But when you're looking at VP of sales and marketing, a sales manager, an editor, two editors, you're kind of wondering, okay, so um, is this company even going to be around for very much longer? So um, that is what the cheesement is right now, or what the speculation is, is that Oni is getting ready to shut down for good. Um, mm -hmm. Big name creators, including Mark Wade, uh, shared the press release and basically said, I've been in this business for way too long to not come out and say, if you are a creator who has a contract with Oni or you are waiting for a contract or you have something in the pipeline, get out now. That is literally wow. what Mark said. Yes. Dang. <laughs> Yeah. That is freaking nuts. Yes, it is. So, so didn't you also say that they're not going to be at San Diego Comic-Con this year? Yeah, so part of the original press re release was that they were going to cancel all their panels, which they did. But then uh, it's come out now that they just are pulling out completely from they will have no presence there at San Diego Comic-Con, which uh, is this coming week. It's July what is 25th is i believe 24th? so yeah so today's sunday it starts uh the 21st through the 24th with preview night being on the 20th so um it's in three days and three days before the biggest international comic-con of the freaking world this somewhat large sized uh company um is completely just pulling out so it's hard to not look at this and see the writing on the wall of it being um kind of end times for oni and then i didn't know this but eddie also was um asking me if i knew about this huge lawsuit that was happening against oni and the creator of gender queer apparently some right-wing crazy people uh politicians um are suing um, both the creator and Oni for genderqueer saying that it is obscene uh, and uh, basically some weird, crazy law that's on the books that they have um, suing them uh, for, um, it's, a, it's an obscenity law, suing them because, of, because this book is marketed as a, like a YA book. And so um, they're even suing an individual Barnes and Noble for selling this book to minors, which I feel is so crazy. We were just talking earlier about starting, like how in sixth grade I was reading uh, Flowers in the Attic. 
specifically <laughs> because I had heard that there was a brother and sister who had sex. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I was I'm... sixth grade. That's 11 years old, 11, 12 years old. I did too. So I nobody did too. stopped me at the library. <laughs> I just, I remember like, going to the library and like finding out about like the erotica section and checking out books and no one stopped me yeah. there I was a fucking little, little 11 12 year old checking out erotica books yeah i was done with the kids section super mm-hmm. early fifth grade so i would just wander up and down the other sections but i had specifically heard about flowers in the attic oh and yeah, so, yeah. So you, i wanted to get my hot little hands on that thing and then i would read stephen king i read the biography of um lizzie borden who is like a super like bloody axe murderer murderer. like Mm -hmm. i was reading all kinds of stuff that i probably would have uh would have gotten these politicians uh chonies in a bunch (laughs) when i was a kid but reading is reading and i don't know i just find apparently there's some sort of um and I don't know, I have the book of the shop, but I haven't read it. But what they are claiming is that there's some explicit sex uh, panels that are mm. depicting sexual acts. Um, Eddie says he thinks he heard that it was between an underage person and an adult, but I don't know that for sure. And I haven't read the book. Now I want to go read it. So right? exactly. <laughs> my sixth grade self is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but also exactly. this book is Eisner nominated. Mm-hmm and has gotten so many accolades so uh i don't know what's going to happen with this but in the time of crazy stuff happening behind the scenes at oni this probably has just piled on top of you know they they'd have to pay lawyers to you know for defense and all that kind of stuff and just you know the comic book industry especially if you're not marvel or dc um it it is hurting it is hurting because of the distribution chain issues, the paper shortages. It's just, you know, the the pandemic these last couple of years, we're still seeing new effects of what has happened over the last couple of years affecting us down to retail. So I can only imagine um, at the the, um, publishing level, the things that we don't even know about that they're experiencing. Right, right. Well, it's certainly, like you said, the writing's on the wall, and it's really sad to hear, mm-hmm. especially having a friend that worked for Oni. So yes, that was that was very very sad. Um, when and I also know what it's like to just one day go to work like normal, and at the end of the day, you you don't have a job anymore, um, and that's super stressful as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and living in Los Angeles and having Los Angeles rent to pay for sure. All right, guys, now it's time for On My Radar. Kristen, what is on your radar? Okay, so I know that I am totally late to the game, but I would be remiss if I were not to mention that On My Radar, real and truthfully, is Heartstopper. (laughs) So people have been coming into the shop asking for this book for months. And I'm like, no, we don't have it. I tried to order on Diamond. No, it's not there. I, I'm just like, okay, what is this book? So finally, uh, um, we got a scholastic, um, a scholastic uh, account. And I'm looking through the books that are available and I'm like, oh my God, here's Heartstopper. It's not a figment of my imagination. So I ordered it. 
So I finally ordered it and it, it was of course on back order because all these people asking about it. And also I was like, why are these people asking about it? Well, apparently it has a Netflix show that came out in April of this year. Really? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And it is based on this graphic novel, which is the graphic novel is originally a web comic. So if you're listening right now, you can go to Comicsology, not Comicsology, to Webtoons, sorry. Webtoons. So Webtoons. <laughs> and read this comic. I have not, I started reading the webtoon. I haven't read the, the book, which is just the webtoon put to page. Um, Cause I can't get number one right now. It's on that quarter. Um, I started reading the webtoon, but the TV show is just the cutest, best thing there is. It follows Charlie, um, a gay teenager who is just basically navigating his everyday life. Um, and, um, his experiences with relationships also all of his best friend group having their experiences growing up he has um, a transgender uh, uh, woman or girl a best friend and then some other friends that just are also dealing with their own stuff it is just so good I, I binged it in one day I think it was only like eight episodes maybe um, there is a season two coming out so but as far as books go, there are four of them, um, I believe. Those are, that's how many I ordered, I believe. I don't think there's five. Um, but it is legitimately what is on my radar this week because it. I just finished, I just binged it last weekend, actually. Okay. Uh, and then I just started this week reading the webtoon. So I highly recommend it. I really enjoyed it a lot. And I definitely um well i can't wait to read the rest because it's still going so that's kind of cool to to uh be reading something and experiencing something for the first time but also knowing that there's still content being that is so cool so if you're not able to actually get the physical first issue you could go read it for free on webtoons and you can also binge the first season on netflix Wow, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, and it all comes from comics, baby. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, what time is it? Because I have been ready since we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> es la hora de la, de la cervecita. Yay. Yay. Now, because of the move, uh, because Jen was moving and I didn't want to add more moving stuff elements to her move um i have not sent her any beers so today we chose to each just grab a beer and just share with everybody what we're drinking and i am drinking a beer from great notion it's called rbg and it has ruth bader ginsburg in the cut in the can it looks super awesome it's great notions brewery it is a, a brewery from portland oregon and this one is 99.9%. And it has tart ale with raspberry, guava, blueberry, and natural flavors. So it's very exciting. And on the side of the beer, it says, keep beer fun. And it has the uh, original style artwork Great Notions has, kind of like those, the uh, the forest in the background and kind of those cartoonish, uh, heavy uh, lined artwork. I'll put a picture up, but yes, it's um, RBG. Let's let's take a let's take a let's take a taste. What do you guys? You guys are actually pouring them into 
Yeah. Yes. Two glasses. I'm too lazy to get up and get a glass. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna drink it out of the can. <gasps> wait, wait. <laughs> so while oh you Oh my god. <laughs> it is it is a, a, a kind of a reddish pink foam that came out as soon as I opened it. And the smell is amazing. The taste, you know what? If I can find this beer, I'm gonna get it for you guys. What is it's it? so delicious. Again, what kind of beer? Notions. But what what type of beer? It is a, let's see, they usually, let me look for it because I already opened it and I can't tilt it. Eh, <laughs> I'm laughing that you're squinting at the little words on the <laughs> A tart ale. Okay, okay. Yeah. So uh, are we just going to all describe ours while we go? Or do you want dis- to do yours first? Just go because I'm drinking. Okay, so <laughs> I am trying a uh a beer from New World Ales, which hails from San Carlos, California. I don't know where that is. I'm assuming it's a little bit north because I don't I don't ever recall hearing a San Carlos down here. But don't quote me. I have no idea. I'm bad at geography. And this book, this book, this beer is called I Funkin' Love You. And it has a cute little picture of a doggy with hard eyes on it on the front. Mm-hmm. And it is a super cherry pie smoothie, which Ooh. is probably why I bought it. But to be honest with you, I do not recall ever buying this. I have no idea how it got in my refrigerator. When Sarah said, let's all just pick a beer and you're free to drink whatever, because we all three don't have any of the same beers right now. She knew for a fact. So I asked Eddie to pick it and he brought this and I'm like, um, I have no idea where this came from. So, um, but I am drinking it right under time, uh, within the time frame that it says. It is a winter 2022 ale and to pl- it says best enjoyed by winter 2022. So it is still summer 2022. So I am within the time frame, and I am not um, a sour person. It doesn't say anything about being sour on the can, but for some reason, I'm thinking it's sour but i don't know super cherry pie smoothie so that's what i'm drinking what are you drinking jen i am drinking i've actually have drunk this before i just made the mistake of buying a four pack uh so uh, this is just me trying to finish all the ones that i have <laughs> it is uh called irish goodbye it is a dry irish stout that has um uh that has nit- it's nitro, it's nitro charged. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is by uh Jackrabbit Brewing Company in West Sacramento. Oh, okay. West Sacramento is the hood. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. it's 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 not the hood in 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 like how maybe we think of how the hood is here in LA um it is very industrial oh okay um but um i used to work in west sacramento and so there's a it, there's a lot of uh factories and like that kind of stuff but there's also a lot of um just run down ho- homes and buildings and just a lot of uh, like we're here we say the hood is actually neighborhoods like over there it's just kind of like a lot of rundown stuff in an industrial part of town <laughs> oh, okay wow but who knows that was years ago that was decades ago that i used to work there so it's probably gentrified the fuck out now 
and there's craft, <laughs> there's craft breweries. There. Yeah, there's breweries there. <laughs> that Jackrabbit was established in 2013. Uh, that yeah, I had already been gone for a year yeah. since then. So mine is um, uh, it's a 4.2 ABV, and I have a 16 uh, uh, ounce can. And uh, I mean, it's not bad. I don't actually like hate the beer. What I realized I don't like is that I don't like nitro in my beers. Mm. I like it in my coffee. Mm. I like nitro coffee. Um, uh, but in my beers, it just makes them taste like nothing. Or like just like I think I believe nitro has a taste. All I taste is the nitro or whatever it is that makes up the nitro. I don't really get much of a beer. I don't. There's not a lot of carbonation in it. Um, it's very dark, like it's it's very dark. It's a stout. It is very dark when you poured it. I was like, dang. But flavor wise, not a lot going on. Mm. Sorry about that. Well, it is what it is. So I found that San Carlos is um, a little bit northwest from San Jose. Oh, it's 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 above uh, Palo Alto. Oh, okay, above Palo Alto. Yeah, so it's around that area, guys. Mm. So. Um, if ever we go and hang out and stay over at Jen's, we could probably go to this brewery and taste that. How was that tart dessert wine? Uh, well, thing? <laughs> it is a dessert wine. Right? No, it is. Um, it actually is not sour. Uh, and it the way that it describes itself on the can is that it is a sens- sensational sweet cherry puree plus a touch of Tahitian vanilla. Plus a hazy pale ale. Oh, wow. That is what I'm drinking right now. So think about a michelada. Basically, you take a hazy pale ale and you take puree that is not gross tomato and you add vanilla to it and you put them together. It's almost kind of like a shandy, but pure uh, with cherry flavor. And the puree is thick. So that's where, where they get the, the smoothie from. Um, because the consistency definitely has a very thick feel in my mouth and on my tongue. That's what he said. That's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the flavor is really good. Like cherry pie flavor for sure. Um, and this, that is only 5% ABV. So, um, and mine was sitting out for a while and it is hot here, so it's not really cold, but I definitely, um, think that it's a, uh, not a summertime beer for me it's kind of thick and heavy Mm -hmm. but i like it so it's a winter beer (laughs) yeah it would yeah (laughs) well mine um was tardy at the at the beginning and you can definitely taste the raspberry um and that's actually the aftertaste but overall it's not that tart so like i feel that you guys would really like it because i know you guys don't like the sour yeah but um the guava, the just the blending of all these um, um, flavors is just an explosion of flavor in your mouth, but not in a sweet sense, in a tart sense, and it's just really delicious. I'm, I didn't expect to love it this much, and I do. But you know what? Great Notions is really known for their beers. Um, they they're really popular around the United States. So, I mean, and where are they located? Portland, Oregon. Okay, okay. Portland yeah. is how. Is, has a huge booming craft beer community there. So uh. I actually just had a friend go to Portland and went to Great Notions 
I think there was a beer fest going on and like I think they got like a really nice kind of kit because of the beer festival and stuff Mm -hmm. but they were able to go to Great Notions uh, Brewery and I was like oh I want to be there (laughs) because it's a really well known I mean you you can find these cans all over the U.S. like in craft beers uh, resellers Uh, they they usually carry this beer because it's a a lot it has a lot of popularity oh cool a lot of following so i'm just oh i'm just so excited this is such a good beer i really i think um i think i'll find another can and then when we do a beer share i could bring it because it's really delicious nice okay well are we ready to rate our beers yes i'm gonna go super saiyan on this one nice it's really good really really good so i'd always wanted to try smoothie i see these smoothie quote-unquote beers all the time but i was always afraid to try them because in my mind I could just picture people pouring milk into beer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Like that's just my thoughts. My thoughts go to chunks. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, and some beers do use um what do they call them? The 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 milk, not the milk, what is it? Lactose. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it says there's lactose uh mm-hmm. in the beer but um i'm very actually pleasantly surprised it's my first i think it's my first smoothie i don't recall any other smoothie beers i've ever tried before um but i i really am enjoying it i think i would enjoy it a little bit colder but Mm -hmm. i'm gonna give it a five out of five okay very nice yes so mine is like i said i don't hate it but i don't love it (laughs) i'm gonna give it uh, a one one out of five okay yeah i have other great news uh, i should have mentioned this in chisme but um the liquor store 310 is now open they finally fixed it you remember oh. they cr- the, it was the oh, local yeah, right. um the craft beer seller 310 on sepulveda and crenshaw Crenshaw, I believe, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a car that crashed right into their Kobe mural. Yes, and then after just, they had just finished it. Yeah, and so um, it took, I, I feel like years. It took like years. It has been because that mural went up very recently after Kobe's death. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So um, I was driving by and I had like an extra half an hour to kill because I have to pick up work in that area. So I, I, cause they were also selling from uh, the side, um, the side entrance of the uh, barbershop that's right around that area too. Um, but they were just, it was really small and you could just let one person and check out the beers and then come out and pay whatever. Um, but I, I went over there uh, thinking I was going to find some good stuff. And, and I was really surprised when I saw that the store had opened. Nice. And I was, I walk in there and I was like, oh my God, congratulations. It's finally done. Cause and I go, did you guys announce it on Instagram? Because I didn't see it. He goes, no, it's really quiet right now um, because we want to announce it when we like finish things up and Uh-oh. have all the stock back up and make it really nice for you guys. And then he said, then he's going to put it on. Make like, it social nice. Media. The beer drinker's like, we don't care what it looks yeah. like. We just want good beer. Yeah, yeah we, we just, just want, want beer. We just want to get our beer, dude. doesn't matter. Dude, let me tell you, I saw this one bottle because I was looking for stuff that I can eventually now mail for us uh, to Jen so we could do the, our beer reviews. But um, I saw this bottle and the artwork just, just really grabbed me. It wasn't, I don't know, something about the artwork that I was just jumping at me. And when I went to hold the beer and look at it, 
And then I looked at the price, it was $87. And it wasn't even a big beer uh, bottle. It was one of the small ones. (laughs) And I was like, oh no. I literally said, oh shit. And I put it right back where I found it. I was like, not going to read anymore. $80? If I drop this sucker, oh my God. I get get upset. What's going on here? (laughs) I have no idea. I put it right back where I found it. I I get upset when I have to pay 20, but I do pay 20 for Curio. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. It makes sense. (laughs) But yes, so they have a, they have, of course, they have their selection. They have a lot of good selection and stuff. So check it out. Uh, um, If you're in the area, if you're in the Torrance area, check out 310 Liquor Store, Craft Beer Liquor Store, support local businesses. Tell them the Comadre sent you. Yes, you tell them the Comadre (laughs) sent you. Uh, So yeah, that's good news. I'm so happy that they finally were able to open their store after all this time. All right, guys, now it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today? There she goes with the robot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting you do not like the robot. Today we are reviewing A Howl, which was published by um, a Native Reality Press. Um, and it is a collection. It's an anthology of stories about Wolves, werewolves, and rougarou. I think I said that right. Rougarou. I've never seen that word before. You haven't? It's it's um uh, no. It's um uh, kind of like I want to say like Cajun or Creole. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh-huh. Um, um, so it's um uh, which makes sense when in one of some of those um a couple of the stories they spoke French. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ah. ah. So I back this a while ago. I don't remember when, um, uh, but it was probably like for Halloween or something. Um, but it was one. It was specifically it is by indigenous uh, and native creators, uh, kind of telling their own like takes or their own like um, uh, stories about like wolves werewolves and like myths surrounding them and stuff like that um the book is available to pre-order because it has not been uh published yet like the only reason the only way that we reason we have this book is because one i backed it so i have a pdf copy of it uh and i believe they have sent out like physical they just barely like finished sending out physical copies of the book and i still haven't gotten mine so yeah um but the artwork in this is amazing the stories are so different and they're really they're all really really entertaining and also like if you like like horror stories or like werewolf stories and stuff like that uh or if you're a furry you'll like this yeah or uh, uh, you like folklore or if you're a what if you, a furry that's what i thought you yeah. said. <laughs> There's actually there was actually one of the stories where the artwork of the wolf was so furry like that it bothered me. <laughs> That's probably because they were. Um, this is Sarah, and um, I was I was oh god, I saw two hundred and something pages, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> but you know what? I really enjoyed it from the very first story. Mm-hmm. 
And how did you get that audio, Jen? Because uh, Jen has an audio, um, uh, somebody reading it to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was actually an exclusive um, uh, for people who backed the Kickstarter. Um, oh, nice. uh, yeah. So they sent it out. And I believe the person who, um, um, sorry, the person who reads it, there's some, there's somebody. <laughs> it's a person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could hear it. I mean, Look, I read the story because when you sent it, I I was already like, I don't know, like way in the book. So I put it on while I was reading another story and I had to stop reading the other story because it was his voice was so enchanting. Yeah. And so just perfect for that story that I was like, this is somebody really like this is a professional. Oh, yeah. You know, he did such a great job and it actually endeared me more to that first story. Mm To be honest, that first story was one of my favorites, and I was a little sad that it wasn't in comic form. It was more like um, uh, poetry, and then like a page of of a of image a image that went with part of that mm-hmm. uh, poem that you were reading, which I loved in and of itself. But I would have loved to have seen how an artist took that story and paneled and yeah yeah, and uh created it in picture i really really enjoyed that one a lot yeah okay so it is um uh, read by s george lee uh and i don't know who that is i but i also don't listen to audiobooks so maybe it's Mm. um uh a voice actor yeah Yeah, a voice actor Mm -hmm. so yeah, uh, I don't know who I don't know who that is, but that story itself was by Jay Ojik uh, and illustrated by Crystal Cox. So, uh, and like the book is like your like comic book, uh, like it's it's an anthology, and it has like comics, but also it has like a lot of it is also multimedia as well, mm-hmm. um, or multimedia art, and so it's just it's a very rich collection of uh of stories and like i'm trying to like find pinpoint one of my favorite ones but well i could this is sarah and i could tell you why you look for yours um i really you know which one i didn't think i was gonna love but totally freaking love because it was so comic book formatted was the one with the werewolves in space werewolves vampires in space yeah i love the heck out of that one that was one of my favorites so they're in a high school in space and because and this is what i loved about it they broke down how the days uh and days of night and you know uh, you know Mm -hmm math science shit because you know how werewolves uh they need full moon to stay wolves all the time and then there's vampires who need not to be in sunlight to survive so they broke that down that scientific stuff and then it was like a metal freaking band okay so it was like a a battle of the bands Uh at this high school and it's like the werewolf band and the vampire band and they're like rocking out and all of a sudden uh, these wolves come and they're like all like rap kind of and he's like i thought this was like a metal concert and but these 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 wolves come they're like rapper guys and it was just like super funny and basically the students at the high school were like the judges and they were just like the comments and their dialogue was so hilarious. 
I, I freaking laughed out loud because I was like, oh my God, this is touching a bunch of, of, of my favorite things, space, <laughs> science, werewolves, vampires, uh, emo kids. It's just, it's just so good. So I didn't want it to end. Um, but that was one of my favorites. It was really cool. I also really liked um, the what, and this is the reason I like this one. There was a story about wolves in 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 the snow, and there was dialogue monologue in a native language, and right below it, it was in English. Mm -hmm. So I really love that because they already chose to translate their story within one printing. So you're able to read it in native language and you're able to read it in English. And the and the artwork for that was awesome. I just, I thought it was really awesome. But basically all of these stories were really amazing to me because I love werewolves. I love vampires. I love that whole transformation thing. I love like, you know, like if you rape the earth, it'll come back and haunt you. It will take its revenge. And I love those stories. I love how uh, the people are trying to respect the land and then there's these greedy people in certain stories that are trying to just you know take advantage of that and uh do the oil lines and everything so another one of my favorites was where um these these uh construction i mean would you call them construction mm -hmm. i guess these people that bull not bull they run the bulldozers and the digging equipment so they're there at this land and they're talking shit about it and they're you know, talking shit about like the people that were protesting and everything. And then this Native American spirits come. I call them spirits because I don't think they were actual. Well, I think maybe as a, it was like, it's like a person with two souls. I think they described it. And um, I don't want to give it away, but it's such a great story in, in the kind of the kind of a vengeance kind of way, which mm -hmm. I loved. Um, but yeah, no, and a lot, some of these stories are really political where um, they're like, no, we need to protest, we need to speak up uh, because, you know, we have to protect the wolves, we have to protect our heritage, we have to protect the land. So a lot of that went that way in stories, but overall, like the stories, the artwork is just amazing to me. And also, okay, I found one of the ones that I liked, and it was, uh, and I'm probably going to butcher this pronunciation, but it's Mahikam, um, uh, which is, I'm, I believe, um, uh, an indigenous uh, word for wolf. And the way that it read, it was by uh, Mando LC. The way it reads, I thought it was like a kind of more of a trans story because, mm. it's, and it's, it's very short. It was only like four pages. But the artwork for it was so beautiful because it's like you see this like lone like black wolf that has three eyes. Um, and then it just goes on to show like the, the wolf in its human form and saying like you know, saying that this like this isn't my body. Uh, and like every time I wake up, this is this is torture. But when I go to sleep at night and transform into the wolf, that is when I am my true self. So I kind of read it as a trans story. Uh, and it was it's like it's so short, but it's so beautiful. And I really, really liked it. I I think there was trans in another story where like one of the characters would call them uh, aunt uncle. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I felt that there was a uh, there was representation from the trans community in these stories, which I loved. And it's that makes sense because these like werewolves, rule, 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 
or like just like whoops they're just they're transformation stories they're shapeshifters mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it makes sense that there is this like resonance in this representation in here as well so i find it super interesting that uh this anthology is taking a symbol um, that is super of wolves super important in a lot of native american culture um strength courage uh loyalty um you see uh themed throughout a lot of the stories and I find it super interesting. This anthology is taking that symbol and using the transformative myth of werewolves to where kind of you're seeing a downtrodden people who have had their land taken away from them, had their culture stripped from them, had to deal with even to this day Uh, people disrespecting them and stereotyping them and just, um, you know, they they go through a lot of the same um, hardships that a lot of other marginalized um, groups in this country go through. But what makes it even sadder is that they were here first. They got so much taken away from them. So I find the concept of taking that symbol of strength and, and loyalty and then taking the symbol of transformation and melding it together into where basically in these stories, a lot of these stories you see where the character feels like maybe they don't have control or that there's something that's happening in their life that they just don't have a grasp on. But when they take the form of the wolf or when that wolf comes into the picture, they are able to kind of come out the other side with, with, I mean, and it's some, in some cases it's bloody, uh, but like (laughs) with with some sort of success or with some sort of positivity. And I really enjoyed that in all the stories. Um, I specifically liked in like the one that you mentioned about the, 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 the uh, construction uh, workers. Um, there were a couple of stories that dealt with like, uh, or mentioned how even now their sacred land is not seen as sacred that that white man comes in and tries to put their pipelines through or to take what is not even theirs for their own, um, their, their own uh, purposes. And to be able to rewrite that current event into a situation where the wolf that symbolizes all this stuff comes and makes it right basically um i i just really enjoyed a lot of how that theme happened in a lot of the stories and then i really really loved the love stories like that first one was so good i it was a poem with really pretty and i think that one also used multimedia Uh, when you look at the when you look mm-hmm. at the pictures there, you could see like p- paper ripped and uh, paintings or I look, maybe it was chalk. Or I actually, like yeah, I actually was impressed with that because some of the, uh, the drawings were like, you could see the grain of the paper. Yes. Like that's yeah. what I focused on. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it was kind of, I mean, I think it was really wise to put that story at the beginning because it really sucks you in. Yeah. It just really takes you in and it's like, kind of is like the ground from where you're going to stand for the next few stories down the road 
it was really, really great. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, that one was my favorite one, I think. Um, but there were a couple other ones too, throughout the book where, uh, there were some, uh, like the, at the one more towards the end where it was, um, a couple, uh, I'm trying to remember now what it was. She, the woman, they were, the, the theme of it was like, basically you can go out and try to explore things, but you always come back to your pack. Yeah kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. um I really I really liked that one too. <laughs> yeah and there was a lot of them that kind of focused on the pack theme like you are gonna find yourself when you find your pack or you're gonna feel whole when yes. you find your pack yeah and I really like that because it's a community it's like it's I don't know it's it's not like me because like honestly like I'm I'm really kind of a shut in right now, but like there's there's people out there that like thrive on community and on bonding with other people and on holding yourself accountable in a larger group, which I think is amazing. And I think that reflect that's reflected in these in these stories as well. You were in search of your pack for many years before you found us, Sarah. This is true. This is one hundred percent true. Yes. We've all talked about my my previous uh dabbles in in podcasting until I found my my pack <laughs> pack but yeah no I really enjoyed it and you giving us that audio clip on the first one I really enjoyed that as well so and I think it's awesome uh all of our listeners sometimes when we do kickstarters we're like oh we're not really sure where you can get it now or whatever but this one you can pre-order it right now because it's going to start to become available uh so it's kind of like we did a preview Yes, and you can pre-order it at Red Planet Books and Comics. Uh, and, well, I don't know if it's going to be available through Diamond, but maybe it is. Oh, I don't know. But right now, like, for sure, you can pre-order it off of, um, uh, uh, it's uh, redplanetbooksandcomics.com. So it's R-E-D-P-L-A-N-E-T B. O O K S N C O M I C S. And it says that uh, they will be starting to deliver the books in the fall of 2022. Uh, and it is $29.99. It's well worth it. I really enjoyed it. It was really amazing. I mean, I wouldn't mind having a book and opening it and like just flipping through the pages. Oh, and the gallery, the art gallery at the end was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It seems that this. Um, uh, this website itself red planet uh books and comics is specifically catered towards native um uh books uh, native comics and stuff like that oh nice yeah that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> the name makes sense awesome so we're ready to actually rate the book yes yeah awesome <clears throat> well this is sarah and i'm gonna give it uh tres conchas because it was really amazing actually you know what i'm sorry let's give it the whole panaderia I really enjoyed it. Uh, some stories were uh, resonated with me more and some stories I enjoyed more and some were just like, I can't get enough about werewolves and vampires in space, seriously. Uh, so I totally <laughs> loved it. So anyways, that was my rating. So this is Kristen. I will also give it the whole panaderia, specifically the panaderia that makes fry bread. Oh my God, I love fry bread so much. 
It is so good. We used to have um, powwows uh, at our um, on campus at my college because um, there were quite a few Native American tribes that were um, close to where the college was, and they used to have this booth that sold fry bread and oh my god i just right now thinking about it my mouth is watering but um so yes so i also give it uh the whole panadería. i really really enjoy it a lot. <laughs> uh this is jen and same here i am because sometimes look sometimes i'm gonna be i'm not gonna lie i back stuff and then i get it and then i'm like Ooh, this wasn't that good <laughs> oh yes wait so yes. that is the risk but this one this one was good highly highly recommend you pre-order if you can support native creators um uh, but also this is if like if you are a mythology buff like mm -hmm. i am mm -hmm. i think this would make a perfect collection in uh or perfect addition to your collection so uh the entire panelia for me awesome so that has been our book review all right, guys, now it's time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today I have for us Queer Black Horror Short Story Collection. Uh, and it, I believe it's called There's Something Wrong in Marrington County, an unapologetically queer black horror short story collection. Uh, and it is uh, being done by or edited by Ryan Kinney who does podcasting uh, about the horror genre called Brother Goalish. Mm. And this is his debut book. Wow, that's amazing. Yes. So let me read a bit to you about his About Me on the campaign page. And it says, if you want to see how far back my love for writing goes, ask my mom. She'll tell you about the first book I wrote when I was five years old, The Cat, the Mouse, and the House. It's a few handwritten pages stapled between green construction paper covers and cut into the shape of a fish. I don't remember why I cut it into that shape of a fish, but it won me an award at school anyway. <laughs> After all these years, my mom still has that book. My love for the horror genre goes back to my childhood, too. The Goosebumps books and the scary stories to tell in the dark were among my many obsessions. It wasn't until 2020, at the height of the pandemic, that I tried my hand at marrying my writing and horror passions. I released my first podcast, Brother Ghoulish's Tomb, in May of 2020 as a purveyor of plight, uh, Brother Ghoulish. I reviewed horror movies and shared horror short stories that I'd written, each with a different queer Black lead. My reasoning behind this was simple. I wanted to write horror led by people who look and love like me. The positive feedback that I received motivated me to keep going. Now I'm a host on a few additional podcasts, including Blurdy Massacre and the Alter Tapes. I'm going to have to listen to these. I know, <laughs> Blurdy Massacre? Love That's it. Yeah. Blurdy Massacre and the Alter Tapes. And I've been featured on several more. I've been honored to work with talented creatives from many horror publications, including Bloody Disgusting, Dread Central, Rue Morgue, and Fangoria. I stopped sharing my stories on my podcast, but continued writing on them. I was obsessed with telling these interconnected stories based on the haunted suburbs of Maryland. Now, almost two years later, the book is done. There's something wrong in, Mar in Mornington County. I hope that one day soon I can give a copy of it to my mom and put on the shelf next to the cat, the mouse, and the house. <laughs> so... There's Something Wrong in Mornington County is a horror fiction short story collection about the lives of several queer Black men living in the haunted suburbs of Maryland. 
and it goes on to give us the, I believe it's going to be following three, Iggy, Ro, and Emery, and Ephraim. Uh, and he gives us a breakdown of the budget and everything. Uh, I believe he's, yeah, he's already hit his goal of 3,500. He's currently at 3,955 with 102 backers and 25 days to go. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So you can always pledge without a reward, but base pledges start at $5 where you can get the ebook pre-order, uh, which is just an ebook copy and a reading guide to uh, Morrington County. At $10, you get the paperback. Wow. Wow. Of the book. And at $15, you get the ebook and the paperback. At $20, you get the full pre order package, which is the ebook, the paperback copy, the reading guide, and a Welcome to Morrington County poster uh, that is a digital download. And then at $25, you get all of the above plus a bookmark. And then at $50, you get a signed paperback copy, a handwritten thank you note, mm. and then uh, the first scare podcast episode, as well as all of the above. So it keeps going up from there, but this sounds really amazing. It sounds like a lot of fun to, to read. And it's, um, um, it's just called, like the name of the project is called Queer Black Horror Short Story Collection. Uh, but the name of the book itself is There's Something Wrong in Warrington County. Cool. That sounds super cool. I, I mean, one of the things I've noticed um, that I was talking to Frank about just a couple of days ago was that we need more black horror. I mean, yeah. we were uh, we were on the cusp of buying on uh, iTunes um, Get Out and Us. Mm-hmm. Those are super great. I think there's another one coming out. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just like super excited because, oh, th- there's a, a different level of like character building into the world of horror. So I'm super happy that you brought this Kickstarter because I'm super excited to back this. Mm-hmm. And I think they're underpricing their stuff. I mean, $15, I know, yeah. $15 to get like the actual Both. book and yeah. the PDF. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm just, I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm super I, think, excited. I think they are. I think they could have charged more for it more. but yeah. this is their first foray and it seems that they succeeded and it seems like they they have their budget and everything so they were able to make it this possible at that price so good for them um i completely agree with you there should be more at least more popular horror yes that features like either black or other poc because like definitely like oh like um uh, get out us the upcoming nope which is kind of like a horror slash alien thing sci-fi <laughs> going on right there i'm not entirely sure yet but i'm excited for it mm-hmm. but the thing and it's just it's different because i don't know i read i kind of resonate with the actual horror uh in kind of the stuff that we see in jordan peele or even in just like the stories mm-hmm. that are that come around from uh horror stories like like, I, if you tell me, like, a a white person's horror story, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> you tell me, like, you tell me a story of, like, La Llorona, and I'd be like, yes. I'm, gonna be like <laughs> I'm not going to be going near water for the next week. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's, like, it's just, it's different. 
it resonates mm-hmm. more it it uh it draws more upon the actual fears of like black and uh people of color mm-hmm. so it's it it feels scarier yes like generally scarier instead of entertaining scary so uh i can't wait to read this yeah me neither thank you so much that sounds amazing and uh if we could get it around halloween time yes yeah <laughs> i'm here for that yes all right, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? So today I have a nonfiction book. Um, and it's, um, I believe, a uh, uh, educational uh, book, um, but also just seems super interesting to me because of just my past work experience working with teens. Um, but this particular book is uh, called Latinx Teens. It is published by uh, UA Press, uh, University of Arizona Press. Uh, and it is a book that um, basically is highlighting US popular culture on the page, stage, and screen with regards to Latinx teenagers. So I find that super interesting. It's an in-depth look at how Latinx teenagers influence 21st century US popular culture. Um, And they talk about how um, teens such as Spider-Man's Miles Morales, um, I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter's Julia Reyes, um, Party of Five's Acosta siblings. I never watched that. You know what? I watched the first season. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah, I never watched. I remember the original. And when this yes. came out, I was interested and I, I forgot all about it. <laughs> no, I watched it and it was really great. But I don't think they, uh, you know, then the pandemic hit. Right. And I don't think, I think they just canceled it. But the last episodes, I was just like crying. It was just so good. Aww, Aww. Okay. Um, so they talk about how... Examples like that comprise a growing body of pop culture media that portray young Latinx as three-dimensional individuals who have agency, authenticity, and serious charisma. Teenagers and young adults have always had the power to manifest social change, and this book acknowledges, celebrates, and investigates how Latinx teens in popular culture take on important current issues. So this really, really interests, interests me a lot. Um, and the creators are Trevor Bofone and Christina Herrera. Um, it is available at uapress.arizona.edu. And um, for the paperback or the ebook, it's the same price, $22.95. It is a, an educational uh, entity, uh, Arizona, University of Arizona. So um, I'm assuming that all that money will uh go back into somehow uh, education. It's 160 pages and it is available now again at uapress.arizona.edu. That's awesome. Thank you. All right, guys, now it's time for saludos and saludos goes out to basically Eddie and Kristen. Thank you guys. Because of (laughs) you guys, I'm going to be able to go to Comic-Con this year. (laughs) I, you know, I, 
I was not anticipating this at all. So I have to mentally prepare to be there. Um, I wanted to actually take some days off and go a lot longer, but unfortunately I won't be able to do that. But thanks to you guys, I'll be able to go there. So guys, if you're in Senio um, Comic-Con, please search us out. We'll have like swag, like pins, uh, bottle openers. Um, I think that's it, stickers. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah. If you see us, hit us up, say hello. Uh, we will be there. We hope to bring you uh, a lot of like small uh, interviews with local and, uh, and amazing artists and creators in the comic book industry. So that has been our show, guys. Uh, where can they find us, girls? You can find us on our very own website, commodicycomics.com, where you can find links to all of our social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um and our youtube i'm not sure if our youtube link is on there or not i gotta look well <laughs> if it's not just go to youtube yes. and just search comadres comics podcast and you can see all of our amazing interviews with amazing comic creators uh if you ever want to feel inspired if you want to if you're thinking about like writing a comic book story definitely check out our interviews because you're going to get inspired you're going to learn more about comic book creating comic books um i promise you that every time we do an interview i always feel super inspired and pumped and i'm just like man i'm so glad we're bringing this to the audience out there because these people have their stories to tell and have their journeys and they share it with us so check that out well this has been the end of our episode thank you so much for listening we're your host i'm sarah i'm Kristen, and i'm jen bye guys bye bye And that's on period. Network. <laughs>